Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano, joined by the one and only draft insider, trade deadline insider. The titles go on and on. AJ Hayfley. How you doing, man? How's your weekend? So busy, honestly. Um mm-hmm. Dude, craziest thing last night, okay? Uh, oh, yeah. I was getting ready to go to bed, mm-hmm. and the power went out in my house. Nice. And because I watched a lot of horror movies, immediately I was like, somebody's trying to break in, and I'm going to have to fist fight some fool. Obviously. And because that's the natural thing to go to. Well, I mean, that's most likely what's happening. Yeah, right? Of course. <laughs> and so, uh, being logic-brained, uh, I go outside with my phone. And I go to the breaker box, which is on like outside of our house on the side, which mm-hmm. apparently is weird, as I've learned. <laughs> um, and I was, I'm standing out there, and all of a sudden I hear these footsteps, and I was like, here we go. I start like psyching myself up, right? Like, this is it. This is all the adrenaline. And I turned around, and my neighbor's standing there, and he's like, oh, hey, is your power out too? And I was like, yeah, it sure <laughs> is. <laughs> and he like... And he was just like, oh, it must be this whole row. Because all of the houses on our side of the street, none of them had any lights on. And the street light in front of our house was out. And everything was dark, yeah. Yeah. And so, and I was sitting there. And I was, I initially thought, when I when I walked outside, I was like, okay, well, not all the houses are. Because the little lights were on in the, lighting up the the street. Light, or lighting up the uh, driveway the going around. Yeah. Uh, on my neighbor's house directly to my to my left mm-hmm. and so i was like i was like oh snap <laughs> like um this is like i was like oh this is it's not it's it's not their house it's just my house and so like he comes up behind me and i'm like all right i'm gonna we're gonna fist fight <laughs> in like the total dark and like here we go like this is what i've been training for and like <laughs> and i'm in no way trained for this right and like <laughs> But, like, my mind is, like, so set because of all the movies that I have consumed that I'm, like, all right. And, you know, right. I'm, like, this, let's do this. <laughs> and 
And he's super nice to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> yeah. it. And so, like, <laughs> so like we shake hands and everything. And, like, I walk back inside, like, feeling totally confident that my house is no longer being, like, attacked. Right. And that I am no longer defending against the purge. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like... I'm like, I go and I lay down on the couch uh, and my phone's at like 40% battery. And I go and I lay down on the couch and I fire up YouTube uh, to watch John, Ol- to watch the most recent episode of the uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. And I fell mm-hmm. asleep and I wake up and my phone is on like 17% and I'm like, oh no, the power's still out. Mm-hmm. And so I go downstairs to my room, which of course everything is like pitch black. Right. And... Uh, I plug my phone in, and of course it doesn't work. But I was just like, "Well, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go back to sleep, and if it comes back on when I'm asleep, then it can charge." Right. I woke up at like it was about five fifteen in the morning, and I got up and I randomly decided that was the perfect time to take a shower. Nah. So I shower in like pitch black, and then I go back to bed. Is your power and, still out, or are you just not? Turning yeah, the power on is still out. Jeez. Um, and so I go back to bed power's been out and power has now been out for six hours, go back to bed, fall back asleep, wake back up at 8am. My phone is on 2% battery. I am now ultra nervous because abs practice is at 11am. My car, I cannot get my car out of the garage because of the uh, powers out. So garage door openers in the working. Um, and then my phone will be dead, so I can't just call somebody or I can't just like take an Uber to practice or whatever. And I can't charge it because there's no power in the house. And so I'm like, okay, what happens if all these things run into each other and I just miss abs practice? This is gonna be a disaster. <laughs> and literally, as I'm going through like my my crazy brain phase where I'm like, oh, this is all gonna happen. Everything just powers back up. <laughs> And I go back to sleep for an hour and a half and I wake up and apparently my chart, my phone charges really fast. Cause it was at like a hundred percent by that point. And it was like dead. We were on 2% right there. And that was my morning this morning. And then I went up and I got up and I went to practice and everything was totally fine. <laughs> it was just, it was just so strange. And I was like, I like stuff I'd never thought of before. Super, super high event morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, you know, night. it was just like, and I just bought, I just bought a bunch of groceries and I'd thrown them in the freezer. And right now our house is um, like my, my living situation is kind of odd. Mm. Um, And so there's uh, our fridge is like our fridge literally only has. And I, and I mean, when I say literally, I mean it this time, like (laughs) not figuratively, literally only has beverages in it. (laughs) And at least in the fridge portion of it. And then the freezer, I had just bought a bunch of frozen food that I was going to cook up in the next couple of days for this week. And then I was getting super nervous and I was like, okay, well, is all this food is, did I just blow a hundred bucks on food? That's going to go bad now. <laughs> right. Oh, like, dude. because, because the power yeah. went out and it, and it's, it's all thawed out and like, yeah. And it, it, I wasn't so worried about it. Cause like, it would take a long time for it to just thaw naturally. Oh, totally Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's not like there was so much in there that it was going to keep all the cold in. Right. And so I was like, oh, let's see how this goes. And and when I when I left this morning for uh, the facility 
to go to practice, I had opened it up and I checked it and I was like, okay, we're still good. All of this should still be edible. I am not screwed. Okay, we're good. Well, I'm, and that's, I'm how my, that's how my playoff started. Well, there you go. I'm happy that you <clears throat> made it through the uh, the cold, dark night. But uh, you did. You made it through. You're on the other side. You went to Av's practice, and uh, let's just jump right in. I mean, not not not. Let's just jump right in. We've been on for seven minutes, so we better jump in. Miko Rantanen sounds like he is going to be good to go for game one. Still in the no contact uh, red no contact jersey at practice today, though. Yeah, hilarious today. Okay, so playoffs have begun. All the media people that haven't been there all year showed up today. And Vladislav Kamenev is on the ice in the non-contact jersey skating by himself. Mm-hmm. And we're all sitting in the media room just chilling. And then all these other dudes who haven't been there all year are like, oh, he snuck over to the other side. Miko skating. And so naturally we all get up and we go out there because we all want to take a picture, put a video on Twitter, you know, whatever. And then right. send out the same tweet that everybody else says. <coughs> We get out there, it's still Kamenev. It's just Kamenev. Yeah. There's no ranting in. <laughs> That's so funny. He uh, did eventually, when practice actually got going, he did get out there, uh, and he, he was in the non-contact. And he was actually still out there skating and practicing when Bedner did his press conference, and he was like, he looks fine to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so what we would expect, they're not practicing tomorrow um, but they will practice on Wednesday and then all fly to yep. Calgary after. Imagine he's probably going to be in a regular jersey for that <clears throat> practice if he's going to play in game one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it looks like he's going to be on a line next to Soderberg. Um, who the third member on that line is is still to be determined. Colin Wilson took about five minutes of practice today and then got off the ice. And the trainer, Matt Sokolowski, came out and and called Bedner over to the bench. And then at that point, uh, Matt Nieto and Sven Andrigetto switched line jerseys that they were going to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nieto took uh, what was Colin Wilson's place next to those guys, uh, next to Soderberg and Rantanen. And uh, Andrigetto took Nieto's spot. So mm-hmm. um, if there's something up with Colin Wilson, we don't know. Um, there was no word on after practice yet. Still, still figuring that out. We'll have a better idea on on Wednesday uh, when what all is going on there. But it does look like the plan is to put Soderberg and Rantanen back together. I like that with Colin Wilson. I don't like it as much with Matt Nieto. Uh, for uh, sure, yeah, that yeah. sucks. But uh, getting uh, getting Miko back into the lineup is obviously going to be uh, a huge boost for them, even if it comes at the expense of Colin Wilson. Huge boost for the Avs. And AJ, and we're going to dive a, a, not a lot more, but more into the Calgary Flames in the next mm-hmm. segment. Mm-hmm. But why is it so important for Miko Rantanen, aside from the obvious, you know, scores a bunch of goals, playmaker, you know, uh, the obvious. Why is it so important for them to get him back in the lineup ahead of this series? Well, he's a, he's a game breaker for them. Right. And uh, especially because they're, if the plan is to have him next to uh, Soderberg, 
and then that frees him up offensively uh, because Calgary, at least the last couple of years, has matched up Mikhail Backlund next to Nathan McKinnon. He's their defensive stopper. And Backlund has, to be honest, eaten McKinnon alive the majority of their matchups. Now, the last time the Avs were in Calgary and the one that everybody remembers because McKinnon fell off the bench at the end while shouting at people, <laughs> um, McKinnon had absolutely destroyed Mikhail Backlund. He had completely unhinged his jaw, swallowed him whole, and deposited him <sighs> uh, elsewhere at that point. He completely destroyed Mikhail Backlund that night. So... Um, that is, that's, that's the matchup to watch going into, uh, going into the series as, uh, do, does Bill Peters with last change in Calgary want to continue to, to run Mikhail Backlund next to, uh, up, uh, up ahead against McKinnon. And if he does, that frees up Rantanen away from, uh, their best defensive player right. to, to go and do his thing and to, to help out, you know, whatever other line. Yeah, I mean, it all uh, ends up on. It all comes back down to a depth, you know, issue. Obviously, you know, you drop in some guy, someone at the top of uh, of you know Miko's skill level, and it's obviously going to make you better all the way through your lineup. Open up options, like you were just saying right there. Yeah. Um, why don't we actually go ahead and just take a break? When we come back, we'll dive into a little bit more of, of what you're talking about. Such a strong defensive team from Calgary. We'll, uh, we'll dip our toe in the water a little bit uh, on what will be the first-round matchup for the Colorado Avalanche. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back, but not before telling you about that same game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout. Get it shipped straight to your door. BSN Avalanche Podcast. We will be right back. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hafley here, hanging out, talking abs, playoff time, and AJ... I knew there was something I wanted to ask you about after Miko Rantanen in that first segment. I knew I was cutting it short, but thankfully I remembered. So before we dive into the matchup with the Calgary Flames, Joel Quinville, what do you think? 
heading to uh, Florida. Surprised? I mean, obviously no one's surprised. Reports are coming out a couple days ago. But are you surprised that Q went there in general? Uh, Not really, man. I think that's a team with a lot of talent. Um, I picked them as a playoff team this year. Good call me. Um, I, I really like what they have going on down in Florida and I think Q will be, it'll be interesting to see, uh, how Q handles that because things just weren't working for him in Chicago at the end. And I mean, they were so bad to start the year and then they finished strong under, uh, um, uh, under the guy that replaced him, whose name I can never remember because he's twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I, I honestly, I, I kind of dig it. I think yeah. it's it's for for a franchise that just can't seem to get going, that always feels like it's stuck in neutral. Um, at best, I mean, at best, it feels like it's stuck in neutral. Mm-hmm. I, I want good things for the Panthers. I want good things for the Panthers and the Coyotes. I want to just stop making fun of them all the time. <laughs> Right. You know, I want good things yeah. to happen to those to those fan, to those franchises and those fan bases. I I'm all about it. I'm I think I think that they are headed in the right direction. They've got a really good core of players of of forwards. They've got some solid defensemen uh, that are of appropriate age for for building mm-hmm. and moving forward with. Not you know maybe not like Arizona. <sighs> Whose older guys are you know need to hold up here, <laughs> right? Uh, for them to to continue to stay relevant, but I I like what's going on there, man. <clears throat> and I mean, you got it. I mean, Q was the big name on the market, right? So well, well, yeah. And then I mean that, but between that and the rumors of, of you know them and and Bobrovsky and possibly Artemi mm-hmm. Panarin as well, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's that puts them. You have to think that the combination of the, um, you know, no taxes, plenty of cap space, opportunity, sunny beaches, East Coast, big city, you know, dope Florida living that attracts so many pro players in different sports is going to be is going to be an intriguing sell to to both the Bobrovsky and and Panarin. Well, any yeah, any free agent. Just, yeah, but uh, specifically the Bob Naren for sure. I think right. the, the two of them going down there um, got a jolt of life with Q going down there just because, no pun intended, but their Q rating goes up with a guy yeah. like that. Right. You know, the the buzz is is kind of there right now. And if you look into, if you look up and down that roster, man, there's, there's some real talent there. My question is mostly, like, where do those guys play? You know, like they, the Panthers will have to do something, right? <clears throat> if they were to try and sign those guys, because they've got a ton of money already allocated, they don't have enough money to right now go out and sign both of them, and they've got two goaltenders signed for multiple years, uh, in Luongo and Reimer. So you know they could obviously Luongo retires and Reimer gets bought out, and you know all, all of a sudden you clean all that out. Um, but like realistically, they're also gonna, you know, they're gonna have to move some of these guys. Someone, yeah. So, you know, and like if they want to keep Riley Shea in, you know, they're gonna have to have to do that. That's gonna cut into their money a little bit. 
Um, so they're going to have to do something. And that's that's why the conversations about them moving a Mike Hoffman or a Vincent Trocek, uh, a Jonathan Uberdo, that's why they're, those conversations exist. Is because if they're going to go sign Artemi Panarin, they're going to have a clear-cut top six that's very expensive. Right. Um, you know, and then what do you do with guys like Henrik Borgstrom? Um, you know, the Russian kid that they drafted last year, whose name I can't ever seem to remember anymore. Uh, Owen Tippett, you know, they've got, they've got forward prospects that are up and coming. Um, Alexi Heponiemi, you know, like where do these guys all play? If you're going to spend all your money on top six forwards, um, and you just keep drafting forwards. So something will have to give there. If they're going to go big like that, and they're going to go and get both of those guys, right? Um, something will definitely have to give. There will have to be a major uh, transaction of some sorts Mo- that take place, movement of some kind. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, save that conversation for the off season. We have a few of those questions answered for now. The Avs have a meeting with the Calgary Flames starting on Thursday, the first time ever these two teams will meet in the playoffs. Uh, AJ, I'm just going to start with, uh, I'm just going to ask you series prediction. Oh man. You want to do this now instead of, instead of like on a Wednesday before the series gets going. I'm just seeing if I can throw you off guard. You can hold on to it if you want. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to get into that yet. I was seeing if I could. Uh, I was seeing how confident you were in a prediction if you had one already. If you oh, were, if man, you were willing to throw one out, I am not. Um, it's going to be an interesting series, no matter yeah. what. Give us just kind of a quick snapshot of the uh, 2018-2019 Calgary Flames. Well, they're really good. <laughs> like let's let's just lead off with the fact that Calgary is really, really, really good. You guys. Um, their shot generation is elite. Their shot suppression is elite. Uh, their shot quality is lacking a little bit. It's very, it's still in the upper half, but not special. Mm -hmm. It's not jumping off the page. You're not like, oh my God, those are dominant numbers. Right. Right. You know, so, um, that's, that's good. Uh, their, um, special teams are not good. Uh, their power play came in at 18th. Their penalty kill came in at 19th. Um, they draw uh, a lot of penalties and they also take quite a bit of penalties, although not quite as many as they draw. So this could be like that right away. And, and the abs are number one in the league in both. (sighs) So... Um, this right away, automatically that sets you up for, hey, special teams could play a huge, I mean, special teams are going to play a role in every series, right? But when you have two teams that across 82 games take and, and draw tons of penalties, uh, they're one and two in the NHL and penalties drawn. (laughs) Um, and so, and they're, the, the abs are first in penalties taken and the, and the flames are 10th. So these teams, these teams also take quite a bit of penalties as, as well. Um, but it's, that's where, that's where I start. If the abs are going to do something and I'm, and that's how I'm looking at this is the abs are going to be special here. If they're going to make some noise, if they're going to upset an eight seed, 
they've got to win the special teams battle. They absolutely, positively, 100% have to because Calgary is a phenomenal 5v5 team. They are absolutely nails 5v5. And their top six is very, very, very good. Uh, everybody knows about Johnny Gaudreau. Get ready to to be ultra sick of Johnny Hockey oh, after, I mean, I'm already tired of it, but uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, Elias Lindholm, uh, Mikhail Backlund, Michael Frolik, and Matthew Kachuk are their top six. They signed James Neal to be a, a big uh, goal-producing uh, UFA for them, and he produced all of seven goals. But so he, expect him to go off in the first round. I mean, given his career, right? Like he's had a strange season. Um, but the big thing is, is that these guys are not nice to play against. Right. Um, there's very colorful language that I would like to use to describe them, but this is a family show now, <laughs> so I won't do that. Um, <clears throat> between Sam Bennett um, and Matthew Kachuk and Garnett Hathaway and James Neal on just up front, those guys, you're going to have your hands full yeah, with a lot of sandpaper. Mm-hmm. So uh, just just be prepared. Just you, The abs are going to have to play a very disciplined game. If there was ever a time for them to be a reflection of their head coach, it's this series. Yeah, They need to turn the other cheek. I mean, you defend yourself. But don't do anything stupid. Don't get baited. And that's that's going to be a big thing to keep an eye out for. Sam Bennett, and the former fourth overall pick, has realized he's not a very good NHL player. And so he has taken to being that guy <laughs> instead. Yeah. Uh, he has taken to a major agitation role. We saw it in just a couple of games uh, that these teams played against each other. Um. Michael Frolik is obviously like the weak link there in their in their top six. Um, he's a thirty point guy, and you're just kind of like, how is this continuing to happen for this guy? <laughs> but he's really good defensively. Yeah. Uh, so when they put him and Backlund out there together, boy, they are tough to get anything going against offensively. And then they have Matthew Kachuk out there, who's their big uh, offensive guy, and just makes life absolutely miserable for everybody. And that's none of that gets into the fact that Mark Giordano, their, their captain at 35 this year is going to win the Norris trophy. Um, an incredible year for Gio. Uh, he's really, I mean, he's, ha- he's having a career year at 35. Like yeah. who saw that coming? Crazy. Right? Um, the goals have always kind of been there for him. You have to really keep that. You have to watch that. And I think that was a problem against Nashville last year, and I think it's going to be a problem against Calgary this year, is that Colorado wants to push pucks out high, and they want defensemen shooting because they say, hey, those are low-percentage shots. If our goalie can see them, we trust our goalie to stop them. Well, Mark Giordano had 17 goals this year. Um, so, you know, you don't you don't really want to... You don't want to be giving him You don't want to get too, too familiar there. You know, TJ Brody also had a nice season. He had nine goals. Um, Travis Hamannick had seven. So, you know, all these guys are are higher goal scorers than all the Avs defensemen outside of Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a it's a deep blue line. It's a deep blue line with 
Giordano, Noah Hannafin is living up to that potential we saw uh, him flash in Carolina. TJ Brody had a big step back or uh, last year and then responded with a very solid year this year. Travis Hamannick, same thing. Uh, Michael Stone, UC Valamaki, Rasmus Anderson. These guys are all quality, quality defensemen on some level. Um, Michael Stone's not. He's bad. But so uh, Valamaki and, and Anderson, for sure. Those are guys you want to keep an eye out for. If uh, I don't, I, I can't speak to the health or what they want to, what they're planning on on running out there. But if they run out some of their, their other guys, guys like Fantenberg and Prout and Stone, uh, that would help the abs. So, I mean, we're talking about a team that, that <clears throat> you know, when you describe it this way, you you think, wow, NHL powerhouse, year after year, they've been building. Them. This is an 84-point team last year. They missed the playoffs by 11 points. What is the difference between this year's Flames team and last year's Flames team? How did they make up so much ground in one year? How are they now so tops that, that they were able to run away with a, with, with a Pacific division that featured the San Jose Sharks, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, 107 points. Where did that come from? Uh, well, <clears throat> some of that is, um, you know, their top line, right? Gaudreau and Monaghan always been really good. But the blockbuster with Carolina last year, they got they also got Elias Lindholm. And, you know, Elias Lindholm was a top five pick. He was the fifth pick in the Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. draft. And he had just never really lived up to it. Um, he had a career high of 40-some-odd points coming into the season and just hadn't been that guy. And then he gets to Calgary, and he's a point-per-game player. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Kachuk took the big step forward. He was a 70-point guy this year. You know, he's he was almost a point-per-game player. Right. And then you throw in Johnny Gaudreau. He turns into a 100-point guy this year. Sean Monahan continues to do what he's been doing his whole career. You know, he is – Sean Monahan um, has more seasons or as many seasons with 30 goals as, as not at this point in his in mm-hmm. his young career. So, you know, he just, he just keeps rolling along. So a ton of talent here uh, up front. But really the big thing is – defensively Mark Giordano at 35 again <clears throat> career year and he was already a guy who was really really good I mean he was giving them 30 40 points every single year while playing huge defensive minutes and uh taking on all their tough matchups well he continued to do that this year and then also dropped a mm-hmm. point per game season um you know and then and then I, I mentioned the bounce back from both TJ Brody and Travis Hamadick. Uh, the maturation of Yusuf Alamaki, Rasmus Anderson got into some games. Um, you're talking, you're talking. The depth down there is really good. Noah Hannafin was really good for them. Uh, this is this is a team that, on paper, they could have been even better than they were if it was not for their goaltending. So let's talk a little bit about the goaltending, then I'll I'll circle back. Mike Smith, David Riddich. Um, not necessarily a tandem that is striking the fear into anyone, at least right now. I mean, Mike Smith, 898 save percentage mm-hmm. on the season. Uh, you're going into the postseason with a guy that did not stop 90% of the, the shots that he saw right. this year. 
So I am surprised that, that he seems to be their guy right now. Uh, at 37, he didn't play particularly well against the Avs. Uh, David Riddich, you know, a 9-11 goaltender this year. That's about where Vartley was. So not you're not really feeling like either one of those guys are really special. There's not really a great answer mm-hmm. there for them. Um, and in a, a Varley, Varley ending up in Calgary this summer yeah. would actually make an awful right. lot of sense, just as an aside. Um, but those two guys uh, combined for not a very good, not <laughs> just not very good. Uh, they were they were nineteenth in save percentage this year, and of all the things that they were excellent in this year in terms of process. Uh, safe percentage is the one that outside of special teams where they really stand right. out as not good. Colorado, by the way, ninth and safe percentage. Well, there you go. Before we wrap this up, th- there's one thing that it just feels a little bit. Calgary reminds you just a little bit of, of the 13, 14 abs is in the sense where every single thing seems to have gone right for them so far this year. And you and I were talking the other day. It's it's just interesting that, yes, they're a very good team for all the reasons you've listed, uh, you know, in, in this segment. But when you when you step back and look at it and you, and you look at what happened with other teams in the West, it just seemed like everything went Calgary's way. And and maybe, maybe that led a little bit to the separation between them and, and again, a, a, a very good San Jose Sharks team that, that has been building mm-hmm. that, that went all in this year. It's just, uh, it's just such a big step forward that it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say that that's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare them to that team. uh, I mean, in the sense where it was way over a team that, that comes kind of out of nowhere and, and, is is the little you know the darling of the league and and this just kind of seems like it might be mm-hmm. Calgary this year and, and, and them and or in, and the Islanders where it's just hey they they kind of came out of nowhere and no one expected them to be there and here they are running away with it. Yeah, honestly, um, I would say you look at the you look at the West this year. And you just look at each of those teams and all of those teams at different times faced a serious amount of adversity. Something was up with every single one of those teams that, that made the playoffs this year. You know, St. Louis was last in the NHL. Uh, Winnipeg's last 30 games was extremely underwhelming. Nashville has a whole host of interesting things going on. San Jose can't stop a puck. Vegas had a late season lull. Um, Dallas is suddenly the league's lowest scoring team. And, uh, you know, Colorado had that midseason lull where they couldn't stop pucks. You look at everybody in the West and Calgary was just kind of, they just kind of hung around, just did their thing. And, you know, every time you looked at their, their last 10 games, you know, they, okay, well, they were seven and three, they were six and four, they were eight and two, you know, that's right. That's who they were all year long. They didn't. They didn't have any of those major injuries. Uh, they didn't have any major adversity. They didn't have any big lulls where they were bad. It was, you know, Calgary just kind of did their thing, 
Now, I will say the one thing that you want to keep out, keep in mind uh, with with the Flames is that they were a pretty slow starting team. Um, not not a team that that jumped on you super early, um, but they were consistent. Periods one and two, uh, they, in terms of their scoring, they were they were there, like they were okay, right? But period three, they smoked the league mm-hmm. in goals. Yeah. Just smoked the league. And <clears throat> their differential was almost a plus 60 in, in goals in the third period. Between goals for and goals against in the third period alone, Indeed. a plus 60. Whereas the other two periods, they're right about even. So that, for me, that's a <laughs> dangerous way to live. But it's also it's also indicative yeah. of a team no, that closes. True. They step on it um, when they need you to. You know, if you look at if if you right, and if you look at um, like Colorado, Colorado is one of the worst in the NHL in first period scoring. They had just fifty nine first period goals this year, um, which isn't even last among playoff teams. Jeez. The Dallas Stars had thirty nine. Right, which is insane. But Colorado is a, the another team that closes really, really well. 103 goals. They were fourth in the NHL. 100 of those 103 are goals in third period. <laughs> yeah, I would say 100 yeah. of those are the top I'll bet line. You probably pretty close. And then one of those other ones yeah, was so that Gabe funny. Bork game winner against Vegas. There, there he is again. Um, but no, it's. It's it's interesting um, that these teams are going to match up like that. Where we've talked, you know, Colorado had the two nothing deficits the last week of the regular season. Before that, they had led the they had scored the 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 game's first goal in eight straight games before the last ra- mm-hmm. for those those get last games at the end of the year. Um, and obviously, I'm completely disregarding right. San Jose because that game was utterly meaningless. They did exactly <laughs> what they had to in San Jose, which was stay healthy. Um. But like Colorado, I mean that's that's a thing that they're gonna need to watch. If they can keep Calgary at bay in the third period, mm-hmm. they're gonna have a chance to be competitive. Because that's Calgary won so many of their games this year just in a uh come yeah. from behind fashion. Yeah, no, they uh they 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 did I mean they had the game against the Avs where they were they came from what was it, four to one? In the third period, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, four to one at the end of the. You've lived the end it, you've seen it, you know what they're capable of. Uh, AJ, I'm really excited. You know, I was I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, I hope it was on the last day of the season, the morning of the last day of the season. I said, I hope they play Calgary one because I think that'd be a really fun matchup. I think that'd be a team the Abs would match up well with, and two, just to see them play someone different. You know, just just change it up a bit. Yeah, see a different sure. team, and and uh, it's going to be really exciting. I'm 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 nervous because last year, watching the games, we just kind of got to enjoy them and say, hey, you know, we're just happy to be here. It's fun. It's fun to be a part of. But now this yeah. year, there's like, you want something. You want them to do something. You want them to make some noise. So it's going to be a lot. Uh, it's a much different yeah. viewing experience this year. But I'm super excited for it. This is. Uh, this is the best time of the year for sure. 
Yeah. And just to just to finish mm-hmm. up this point, since I have this in front of me right now, uh, the Flames second in the NHL in games in which they won um, after trailing going uh, into the third period and uh, fourth in the NHL in games that they won after trailing uh, after the first period. So there they had um, 18 wins this year uh, when trailing after the so after it's, periods uh... like that. So 18, 18 of their 50 wins came in games in which they finished the first or second period while yeah. trailing. So they yeah, were so don't uh, can't take your foot off the gas at any moment in the playoffs, especially when you are playing against a team that can come from behind like the, uh, the I almost said the blues because I'm on Twitter. I'm multitasking like the flames can. Uh, <laughs> just kept going. That would have yeah. been funny. Had you just said the blues. Uh, and let's just kept take a going. break. When we come back, <laughs> There is one thing to look forward to before the NHL playoffs get underway, and it is coming at you tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. It's the NHL Draft Lottery. When we come back, we are going to touch on what happens with the Avs. Lucky numbers come up at 1, 2, 3, or 4. What are the odds that they come up there? And all the fun that that extremely nerve-wracking hour will uh, will entail. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer. And we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley. Draft lottery coming up tomorrow. Finally, AJ, it has been what? Um, 19 months since that trade? Eight, uh, 17 months? 17 months. Uh, since the trade that that sent Matt Duchesne to the Ottawa Senators and brought back a whole a boatload of assets, one of which being the Ottawa Senators' first round pick now in the 2019 NHL draft. When the trade was made, we said, "Oh, great! That'll be a nice, uh, you know, a nice late first round pick." The Owls will be able to pick up someone. Uh, that you can develop for a couple years and, and hopefully be able to drop into your lineup. And now, like I said, 17 months later, we are on the eve of the NHL Draft Lottery, and the Avs currently hold the best odds for the number one overall pick and the right to select either Jack Hughes or Capo Cacao. 
And I'm going to go ahead and just read out the entire... Uh, so, so this is what we're looking at, folks. It's going to be an hour-long show tomorrow. Uh, starting at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And, and this is going to be the first time they've done it this way. They've normally done it once after the first round has started during an intermission, something like that. Uh, but basically, they will run down from top to bottom and announce the order in which the teams are picking. Here is basically what you want if you're an Avs fan. Every team that should be there, you want their card to come up. For example, the Montreal Canadiens have the worst odds of picking first overall with 1% as they were the highest-seeded team that did not make the playoffs. So when they say the pick belongs originally belongs to the Montreal Canadiens, the pick is now, when they open the envelope, we want it to say Montreal Canadiens. We want it to match up all the way down the board, as far down the board as possible, because that would mean nobody moved ahead of the abs. That makes sense. Are you confused yet? Good. Like I said, Montreal Canadiens, 1%. Arizona Coyotes, 1.5%. Florida Panthers, 2%. Blackhawks, 2.5%. Minnesota Wild, 3%. So expect that to come up huge tomorrow and just ruin Avs fans' days everywhere. Flyers, 3.5%. Canucks, 5 And this, to me, is where you really see a lot of the teams um, moving in the last couple of years. It's been teams in this range, starting with Vancouver at 5%, the Ducks at 6 Edmonton 6.5%, Rangers 7.5%, uh, Buffalo 8.5%. All those teams, we've seen a lot of those teams moving up in the last few years. Red Wings 9.5%, Devils 11.5%, Kings 13.5%, and the Colorado Avalanche at 18.5%. AJ, so I can stop just reading numbers into this microphone Tomorrow, uh, obviously, I just read the odds. A few years ago, when the Abs had the uh, had these same odds, they came up fourth. There is still a 50% chance they'll come up fourth. Do you have a gut feeling about tomorrow? Um, a <coughs> gut feeling? Mm-hmm. No, because I, I, I'm never able to decipher between what's instinct and what's really, really, really strong hope. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to say that this gut feeling is is that I've I've felt I've kind of operated under the in under this like random assumption that they were going to get the second pick for a long time now, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of how I still feel is that I think they'll end up at two, just because I think that there's uh you know the the odds that they stay there and just with the history of this lottery. You know, Buffalo stayed there last year. Uh, Toronto stayed in the Matthews year a couple years ago. And Colorado's gotten, been the team in between those. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, um, when it comes to lottery, like a good thing happened once with the McKinnon lotto. Yeah. And that was kind of it. <laughs> no, it's. Um... It's interesting. You can definitely tell they've they've tried to turn it into more of an event, giving it its own night. It's an hour long special now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be curious to see how they fill up the hour. Uh, I'm I'm sure the announcement of the final pick will be at the very last second, the final minutes of the full hour. I mean, um, I think I think what they'll do, they will reveal like we'll get like half an hour in and we'll know which teams are in the top three. 
Yeah. And then we won't know the order, but we'll know here the three teams, you know, and we'll know by that point if Colorado's at four or not. Right. I think what <laughs> and, they did last year, because they did it over the course of an entire game. Oh, so annoying. What did they do? Did they do up they to did the, the top three before the game, and then they did three second intermission or something like or first intermission? And yeah, then they announced they who got the top pick. Yeah. So you seriously had to watch the full game to see who won. Yeah, and obviously that upset a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, instead of instead of doing that in the middle of a game, they turned it into its own event, which I think is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, AJ, I, I think we all agree. If even if they do it that way, if we get down to it and they take a one more commercial break and it's down to the Abs and one other team, I think we're all pretty happy. Um, yeah, top two is the money. Yeah, so y- you do. Y- you want to stay inside of that top two. If you drop to three and four, there's still going to be a really good player that you're yeah. going to be able to pick up. But you want the top two. That's where the that's where the the you know the the real elite talent is coming this draft. And hey, you want to feel a little bit you know you feel a little bit like the hockey gods owe you after what happened before. But maybe I guess they're repaying you as as Kale McCarr is who you got with that pick, and and that seems to be going all right so far. Um, AJ, we, we know a lot about Jack Hughes and Capo Cacao. If the, uh, the, the numbers turn up that the abs are going to be in three or four tomorrow, who does that kind of open the door to, to start looking at? Well, um, you know, right just now, very, would... very surface level, obviously. Yeah. I mean, at three right now, you start to talk about Pod Colson, the Russian winger at, at three, um, you also get into uh, Dylan Cousins, um, depending on what list you're looking at. Maybe Kirby Dak. Uh, if you're listening to me, it's Peyton Krebs. Um, all forwards. Um, it's a very center-heavy draft. Um, the big, it's, I, I say that, and Kakao and Pod Colson could go two and three, and they're both wings. Mm. Um, the issue, the the thing that makes Pod Colson interesting is because. Uh, it's pretty universally agreed upon that he's a high-end guy, but there are mitigating circumstances there. First of all, he's a Russian kid, which he's a Russian playing in Russia. He's not a Russian kid who's over here uh, playing in in North America already, like Svechnikov was, where mm-hmm. there's no concern. You have no worries about that kid ever coming over, what what the status is. Um with Pod Colson, he's a Russian kid who's playing in the Russian system right now, uh, which is PS one reason why if you just go and look at his elite prospects page and his numbers don't jump out at you and you're like, what's the hype on this guy? Um, just if you don't understand the Russian system, then don't make too much of the numbers because right. that's it's a very it's it's complicated and it's a mess and the way that they go about doing things over there you really have to have a deep understanding of what is going on over there um, to, to put those numbers into proper context. Right. If you just look at them and be like, well, I'd rather have the kid in the WHO who scores 150 points. Um, you're doing this wrong. So <laughs> just don't do that. Like, don't be that guy that looks at his elite prospects page and comes into my mentions and is like, but I don't want him. <laughs> you know, like, right. like it's cool to ask questions and all that. Like, that's how you learn. That's how all that works. But like, don't be the guy who like has a strong opinion about this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just because I I know we're headed for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other guy that we, um, you know, Bowen Byram, right, top defenseman, mm-hmm. and he's interesting because most of the lists have him as like the fifth or sixth best player, but the universal number one defenseman in this class, having an amazing year in the WHL for Vancouver. Uh, really, 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 really good player. Really good two-way player. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy that we're going to talk an awful lot about if they get the fourth pick, if Colorado ends up at four. And a little bit about if they end up at three. Um, and then, you know, after that, it's kind of a it's kind of a pick-your-flavor. Alex Turcotte, Trevor Zegra uh, from, the, from the United States Development Program, Matt Boldy from the same program. Um Peyton Krebs, Kirby, Kirby Dak, Dylan Cousins, all those guys uh, from the WHL. Um, that's that's the list. Like those are those are the cats that you're talking about. And Pod Colson is the guy that um, you know Colorado is probably going to be the most comfortable team in the top ten to take him because they one they don't mind waiting on the Russian kids. Two, they've established strong pipeline into Russia. They've got scouts that are going in there and doing deep work on a lot of kids. Um, if they don't take him, I think that's a big red flag to everybody else that something else is up. Right. That a team that's as comfortable with Russians as Colorado um, is is passing on him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the his contract runs for two more years, uh, and he has <clears throat> previously stated in an interview last summer that. Uh, he would like to continue to play in Russia. And, you know, his his attitude at the time was more or less just, um, you know, why why would I play, why would I go play Canadian juniors when I can play Russian juniors? I'm from Russia. I love Russia. Right. Why would I want to get out of there? And, of course, that, you know, the words of a 17-year-old kid, uh, you know, a year ago are being used against him, like wielded like a gun <laughs> right? Uh, against against the poor guy. Right. And so there are going to be some teams that make a lot of that and immediately put him and they will they will dock him on their draft board because of that, because there mm-hmm. there's uncertainty there. Um, at the, of course, in the same interview, he also said playing in the NHL is my lifelong dream. That's what I want to do. So it's like, okay, well, waiting two years for him to play in Russia is no different than waiting on Bowen Byram to play two years in the WHL. Right. You know, so it's, it's going to be a fascinating uh, draft stock watch with whatever happens outside the top two, just because pod Colson, who is widely considered the third best prospect in this class uh, at least as of today, before the scouting directors and area scouts have their organizational meetings. Um, there are so many different angles uh, to, to the Pod Colson debate. And the fact that he's a winger, to be honest with you, he's a winger. And when you look at all the other guys behind him, uh, Turcotte, Zegras, uh, Cousins, Dak, and Krebs are all centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that all those guys necessarily stay at center. Uh, in the NHL, there's been talk uh, that both Krebs and Cousins might might move uh, to to the wing in the NHL. Right. But as of right now, those guys are all centers, and that's you know we saw last year how hard up the NHL is for centers when uh, Code Kaniemi went third third to Montreal mm-hmm. uh, ahead of wings Kachuk and Zadina, who were who were all considered higher. 
uh, higher-end players. Both were considered higher-end players than Kokaniemi. And uh, Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton by Arizona. They needed a center so badly that they just said, well, we're not going to take Zadina. We're going to take Barrett Hayton and hope that this this projection works out okay. And, you know, the, the thirst for centers, for top high-end centers, is so high. It would be really interesting if this draft produced uh, two wings in the top three picks when the majority of the top ten is going to be centers. Well, there you go, folks. That is just a sampling of what you are going to be getting all draft season long. Do you have a favorite at three and four? Uh, I don't. Not right now. I haven't. No, you don't have any preferences? Not yet. Not yet. Um, it, 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 I was just it, no, it's well, so it's, what's funny is a couple weeks ago, you know, I was sitting there and you were kind of playing the game of, Ooh, what do you do with that first, first round pick? And then maybe if you're still inside the top 10, you can get a quality this mm-hmm. later on. And that mm-hmm. s- switched very quickly. So, you know, what, yeah. what we were looking at as recently as a couple weeks ago, as, how do you balance these two first round picks? Do you double down on, on forward depth? Do you, you know, do you go one D uh, do you go one forward? What do you do? And now it's, Oh, well, you know, that first pick is, is going to be the pick. And the second one's going to be somewhere in the teens. Um, yeah. For, right now it's 16. Right. So it's just, it's just kind of interesting um, <clears throat> how, how it switches so quickly just from a couple of weeks ago. So no, I don't have, I don't have a favorite yet. Uh, at three or four. Okay. But um, we will soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll talk a little bit more draft tomorrow, I'm sure. Uh, or maybe Wednesday, depending on which show falls after the lottery. But then after that, it's playoff mode. Uh, playoffs start on Thursday. The schedule came out yesterday. Game one, I know, is already sold out. Or Home game one for the abs at Pepsi center. So game three is already sold out. And I'm told there were very, very, very few tickets left for game four, uh, which would be the second home game at Pepsi center. So Denver baby, Denver's excited, man. It, uh, I was told, uh, right around eight 30 AM the morning after they clinched, uh, sorry. Now there's no more tickets left for game three. So, uh, Denver shows up, man. You know, we talk about it all the time when, when the games matter and, and, uh, and the teams need the support, Denver shows up for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's frustrating to go through the season and like half of the, the building be Flyers fans on a Tuesday night or whatever. Right. Uh, but when, when playoff comes time, you know, it's abs fans waving those pom-poms. Yeah. And, and especially if, if the abs make some noise this year in the playoffs, and, you know, the, the the lottery turns up nice for him tomorrow. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to see a lot more full buildings next year than you have uh, over the last few. Um, yeah. AJ, let's go ahead and get out of here for the day. Get this posted for the masses to listen to. For Adrian Dater and AJ Hayfley, I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening.